hey, it's comforting to know that God is with us and he knows us. Um, he even knows us better than we know ourselves. And yet God still is with us. He's in the details of our everyday life. And he's for us and he loves us. And just what a great reminder in that song of worship um, that, that God is, he knows us, he loves us, he's with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. So, Well, you know what? Good morning, Lamb of God Church. Good morning, family and friends and visitors. It's good to be worshiping the Lord together again today. I just want to welcome everybody, and uh, it's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be in this family of God as we continue to gather together and engage in these minutes that we spend together and encourage each other and saying hi to each other, growing from God's word and seeking the filling of his spirit in all that we do. Uh, as we prepare for communion, I just want to just thank you and encourage you in your giving. The church is doing great. Uh, if you'd like to give a gift today, you can, as always, give online. There's our uh, link to giving online. Also, you can mail in a gift, or we actually have a, a drop-off box as well uh, at the, at the, uh, to the northwest door of our Energy Zone building. That's new. But I just want to thank you for giving. And one of the things that we're doing this coming week to be a blessing is we're going to be providing lunch for all of the nurses and staff at Hurley Hospital. So I want to thank you for your generous giving to allow us to be a blessing beyond uh, our own spiritual family. We're going to just serve our local heroes at Hurley Hospital this week, giving them a lunch. Uh, and uh, we're doing that through one of our local businesses here, the Montrose Orchard, to try to help them out and give them some business too. So great job, family. Proud of you. Thank you for your generous giving. May God continue to bless you so that you have more than enough to be that overflowing blessing on every occasion that God springs into your heart to give. May you always be that vessel of God's hands and help to those around us. Also, um, I'm really excited to do communion today. God put it on my heart to lead us in a series during this communion segment of our messages of seven ways that Jesus bled for our full and complete redemption. And it is the blood of Jesus that has redeemed us. I want to just give you a short teaching on communion today, and then I have a, a great message for you as well to encourage us. The teaching on communion, before we take it together, is in Leviticus 17, 11, And it says this, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So God said, it is the blood. The life of a creature is in the blood. And it is the blood that makes atonement for us. But there wasn't a creature that was sacrificed for you and for me. It was the Son of God. It was his blood. So I want to read to you First uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, 18 and 19. And part of that is on the screen here. Uh, uh, Peter is saying, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, a lamb without blemish or defect. The lamb of God, his blood, is what set us free and has fully redeemed us. When we take communion, we are accessing the life that Jesus purchased for us systematically by the drops of his own blood. And so there are seven different places and ways that Jesus bled for us leading up to and through the cross. And so each week I want to share one of those ways that Jesus bled for us and show you specifically 
the part of our being that Jesus redeemed with that blood. And we're going to start with the Garden of Gethsemane. But before we do, I want to stress to you that the number seven in the scriptures is very important. It has the meaning of completion and perfection. So just the fact that Jesus bled seven different ways for you and for me solidifies that our redemption is complete and perfect. Can I get an amen for you, from you on that one? Our redemption is complete and perfect. There is nothing that God hasn't redeemed off of your life. Isn't it awesome? So first of all, let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane and look at this. Luke chapter 22, verse 44. It says, And being in anguish, he, Jesus, prayed earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was in great turmoil, in great anguish, under great pressure in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he, at that moment, began to take upon the weight of our sin, the weight of the sin of all of humanity. And it began to stress him out, literally. So much so that blood uh, was coming from his brow. And we begin to see that Jesus was taking upon himself our mental anguish. And I got great news for you today. Jesus paid for our mental anguish. He paid for that so that you and I wouldn't have to be under that same anguish any longer. So mental stress, anxiety, pressure, anxiousness, these are serious issues right now today in many people. And you may be experiencing that right now today. And if you're not experiencing that today, then give God a big hallelujah, because a lot of people are, and we all have. We've all had those moments where it just felt like we couldn't take it anymore. We couldn't hold on any longer. We just couldn't take the pressure or the strain or the stress of life or our mistakes or our regret or, or bad fortune or whatever you want to call it. And, and we've all been at the very brink of mental anguish. And today, there's a lot of people there because of our current crisis. But as Jesus began his journey to the cross, his first act of redemption, his first place of bleeding, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, the Garden of Gethsemane was an olive grove, and what they would do is they would take the olives off of the trees, pile them onto a cement or really hard surface, a rock surface, and they had a millstone that they would either have an animal or they would push over the olives, and they would crush the olives to extract the oil, which was used for healing, was used for life, was used for food. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus began to be crushed for our sin so that he would then be extracted. His life would be extracted for your life. And you and I would have healing from him, life from him, and he would be our food. Isn't that good news? And so today, as we take communion together, I want you to know your mental health has been paid for by Jesus. So you no longer have to be stressed out. You can have the mind of Christ. You can have peace of mind because Jesus took upon himself your mental anguish and my mental anguish at the Garden of Gethsemane. And he bled so that you could have peace of mind. So I want you to release the the, the worries now as we take communion together. If you can get your elements together. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, 
of love and a sound mind, peace of mind. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. So let's exchange our mental anguish right now during communion for the peace of God. We're going to continue to talk about that this morning in our message. But let's take uh, the bread that we have and let's uh, partake of that together. Thanking Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your broken body, the stripes you bore on your back, and all the seven ways that we will be talking about how you bled for us to give us a complete and perfect redemption. We partake of you right now, Jesus, in your name. And Lord, we represent, we know that this cup represents the blood that you shed. As we just shared, Lord, today specifically, we access, Lord, the peace of mind, the sound mind, the mind of Christ that you made possible for all of us to have. We thank you, Lord, that your blood was shed, not just for the forgiveness of our sins, but so that we could have a peace of mind right now today, and we receive your peace in your name. Let's drink. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. And by faith, we just receive your peace, your healing, your forgiveness, your freedom, and your wholeness today. We believe and we receive in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, before we uh, settle in for our message, as I've been doing the last several weeks, I want to encourage you to let's give God a testimony. Let's take our phones out, uh, if you're watching, or your device, and type in a five-word testimony right now of something you're thankful for, something God's done for you recently, uh, something you want to just praise God about. Let's share that, a five-word testimony with one another right now, just to give God glory and praise, because he is good, and he's good all the time, all the time. So let's begin to do that and enjoy that. Also, if you're joining us for the first time or if you're fairly new to our, our church, our live streaming, I want to ask you to follow and to like our, our streaming uh, so that we can stay in touch with you and continue to be a part of your spiritual journey and hopefully your spiritual growth in developing your walk with God and your walk with other believers. Also, for everybody right now, take a minute on your phone and would you just share, just share this uh, live streaming right now on your phone so we can invite other people to join us for this message. Today's message is very pertinent to today. It is do not worry. And so would you share that right now so others can join us and be a part of this moment or they can look at it and see this message later because we all are dealing with some high levels of anxiety right now due to our situation. And I want to address it and want, want to see us go from worry to peace today. Remind you of some spiritual truths that God has made possible for us to cross over from worry to peace. I read an article uh, this week stating that the anti-anxiety, antidepressant, and anti-insomnia medication prescriptions have been skyrocketing during this crisis. From February 16th to March 15th, just one month, there was an increase in 21% of prescriptions for these types of medications. Because of the stress that people are feeling and the, and the worry and anxiety and the sleeplessness that they're having because of these pressures. Specifically, I was taken aback by the anti-anxiety prescriptions. They have gone up 34.1% in just one month. Can you imagine? So what's going on here is our isolationism, uh, while it might be helping us physically, you know, reach some kind of a flat here in the, in the coronavirus, it's actually causing a lot of anxiety 
in people because we need each other. We actually are meant to be with other people. That's why I want to encourage you again today to be a part of our life group ministry. It's so important for us to connect with one another right now. And you can go online at our website and click on connect and scroll down and find life groups and be a part of a life group today. And if you're new to our church, tonight at 6.30, I'm hosting a newcomer's life group just to get to know you. There's no strings attached. You're not signing up for a long thing. It's just a half hour, 45 minutes of just whoever is there. I get a chance to meet you. You can ask me any questions you have. And I can help, uh, help you on your journey in getting to know God better and finding a spiritual family to belong to. So if you're new, I want to encourage you to sign up. Go online today. Click on Newcomers Life Group. That's me. And, and I'll see you tonight at 630. Okay? Looking forward to that. But let's talk about worry. Jesus tells us, do not worry. Okay? So I want to read a passage for you out of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and it starts in verse 25. Let's read this together. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Jesus just cuts right to the chase. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Of course we are in God's eyes. Of course we are. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Wow, of course not. So Jesus goes on and says, so why, and why do you worry about clothes? You see how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today in Tomorrow is thrown into the fire. He, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you of little faith? So do not worry. Everybody say that with me, okay? Do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after the, all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So he goes on to say, but seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. All right? And then he just tells us something we all know. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't, don't live in fear today of what's coming in the future. Be able to live in the present right now. And Jesus has given us this key verse here in the middle, which is our memory verse for the week, Matthew six thirty three. And he says, the idea here is to get our eyes off of ourselves and the circumstances and the problems and get our eyes on the Lord, who is our provider of all things. And so I've got three spiritual truths I want to uh, run by you today with regards to worrying. Number one is, worrying is worthless, okay? Jesus said in uh, Matthew 6, 27, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So an exasperated husband said to his wife, he says, why are you always worrying when it doesn't do any good? And she quickly piped back and says, well, yes, it does. 90% of the things I worry about never happen. <laughs> I don't know if you have someone like that in your life, but it almost seems like that's our attitude towards worrying. Would you agree with me? We feel like we should worry. 
And somehow, if we don't worry, then the bad things will happen. But if we worry about it, then maybe they won't happen, okay? That's just a weird human nature thing that, that we all can relate to. And we, feel, we almost feel like it's responsible. It's the responsible thing to do is to stress out about our problems, to worry about our problems, to, to get depressed or down or, you know, and, and all worked up about our problems. But Jesus tells us, listen, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Worrying is worthless. It doesn't help. It doesn't change. In fact, spiritual truth number two is just the opposite. Worrying is actually harmful to us. Okay, what happens when we worry is we're sacrificing our present peace into a future situation that will probably never even happen. And so we're sacrificing our life experience right now uh, for something that is, is pointless in the future. We can't control it. So I want to talk about this for a minute. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. That's, that's why a lot of us sometimes will say, I have a heavy heart. Something's really weighing on us. So we feel pressure. We feel fearful. We feel worried or anxious about something. We use the phrase, a heavy heart. Uh, and we can also use that with grieving. And we just our heart is hurting. We're just, we're just down. We're, we're struggling. And so the Bible says that that's what worry does to us. It actually brings a heaviness to our heart. There's another verse in Psalm 37, verse 8, that says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, which is another way of saying don't worry. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. So you see, worrying actually harms us, and it can harm others because it affects our attitudes our decisions, and the way that we interact with other people. And sometimes it affects us so much that we develop coping mechanisms for our stress and for our worry. Here's some effects. I was reading some articles about worrying that we experience when we give ourselves to worry. Irritability, exhaustion, sadness or depression can affect our appetite, uh, our job performance, our relationships, We can feel oppressed or heavy, as I just mentioned. High anxiety, panic attacks, difficulty in making decisions. And some people who worry a lot, they try to compensate or have a coping mechanism of overeating, maybe cigarette smoking or alcohol use or drug use. And those things all turn into being harmful things to either ourselves or to those around us. And so here's the the, the idea that I want to share with you, okay? Really, worrying is misplaced responsibility. We're taking the responsibility on for something we weren't meant to take on because we were never created to be self-sufficient. We were always created to rely and depend on the Lord. And so when we are in charge, God is not. And when we are in charge, it doesn't take us long to realize we're in trouble. We don't have enough to meet the needs around us. And then worry sets in. Fear sets in. So Jesus says, hey, get your eyes off of yourself. Put them on God. That will help us live in peace instead of in worry. This is what Jesus does. Matthew 6, 26. He said, aren't you much more valuable than they? They in this is the birds of the, of the air, which God feeds. And, and he's saying, you are way more valuable than the birds, and yet God takes care of them. He says, will he not much more clothe you than the 
the lilies of the field and the grass on the ground. He loves you. If he takes care of creation in this way, how much more will he take care of you? And verse 32 says, your heavenly father, he knows you, right? He knows you like that song we just sang. He knows you need, he knows what your needs are. He loves you, he's for you. He's not withholding from you. You can trust in him. You can relax. You can give him your your cares and your problems. And so that's when Jesus says this, which is our verse of the day. And in a sense, when he says, seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well, basically what Jesus is saying is, hey, listen, you put your eyes on God, and God will keep his eyes on you. Isn't that awesome? He says, lift your eyes up. Put your eyes, your trust in the Lord. You keep your eyes on God, and God will keep his eyes on you. God will take care of you. That's why I want you to think about and meditate on this verse this week, because you might be able to do that for 30 seconds, and then all of a sudden your eyes get back on you and get back on your, on your problems. Then you gotta learn, you gotta train yourself. Let's get my eyes back up on God. Every time worry comes at us, we need to learn to get our eyes up, lift our eyes up, lift our head up, and put our trust in the Lord. Jesus actually offers himself to you for every burden in life. One of my favorite passages here in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he says this, Jesus is talking. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, right? And our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And Jesus offers us rest if we come to him. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So while worrying is harmful, the good news is, spiritual truth number three says, worrying is avoidable, okay? So worrying is avoidable, and I wanna talk about that for a few minutes with you. So here's a call to action I have for you today, okay? Worrying is a choice. And I want you to make a decision today that you will not worry, that you will get a hold of this area of your life and you will make a determined decision to not be okay with it anymore and to learn the steps that you need to take so that you don't have to live in worry because it's hurting you, it's harming you, and it's probably harming the people around you. And so I'm asking you right now, make a decision. Will you decide to attack this new area of your life, and say, no, I'm gonna change this this way that I'm used to doing it to a new way of seeking peace. If you're in, say, I'm in, okay? If you wanna go on this quick journey with me, I'm gonna give you three steps to take to get rid rid of worry. I want you to decide right now, say, I'm in, I'm in, okay? So step number one is we need to pay attention to our thoughts and our emotions. <laughs> you know, I know this sounds obvious, but I don't know how about you, but so many times in life, I'm, I'm just cruising through and I'm feeling things, thinking things, but I'm actually not paying attention to what I'm thinking and feeling. And to get a grip on this worry issue, you have to pay attention, okay? So the Bible says this. It says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, above all else, this is really important, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So we need to pay attention to what's going on in our heart our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, so that as soon as we begin to feel like we're worrying about something, 
we can do something about it. Otherwise, you just keep on worrying about it without really even realizing it. And yet, it's still affecting you in real negative ways. So here's the definition of worry. Worry is to give way to anxiety or unease. It's also to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Do you hear what I said? It's when you allow your mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles, or you give way in your mind to anxiety or unease. So what that teaches us is that we have a choice. We can either train our mind or we can let it go and get caught up in the problem. So we need to take inventory. We need to listen to our self-talk and we need to guard what we're focusing on, okay? Step number two. This is a, a really important step. To cast your cares in your prayers to God. So once you decide, hey, wait a minute, I'm catching something here, I'm paying attention, I'm getting upset, I'm worried about something. Uh, once you notice that, step number two is then to take those things and cast them to God. Almost like you're fishing and you're casting out your, your rod, you're just getting them away from you. You're just gonna toss them way over there to God, okay? This is why 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us, cast all your anxiety, all your worries, all your stress, all your troubles on him, on God. Why? Because he cares for you. He doesn't want you to bear that burden. He didn't design you to, to, to worry about life. Jesus himself gave us permission, do not worry. So we cast our worry to God, okay? Uh, very encouraging scripture. And Philippians 4, 6, as we talk about often, says, do not be anxious. So on the one hand, we have this verse that says, cast all, so cast all your anxiety on him. And this verse says, don't be anxious about anything. So how much of our worries do we give to God? All of it. How much are we supposed to be worried about? None of it. None of it. Not even your child, not even your work, not your money, not your future, not your marriage. You're not supposed to worry about any of it. You're supposed to give it to God and let him direct your steps, okay? It says, don't be worried or anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. So those are just ways of praying to God. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Cast those requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So now you're guarding your heart. Now you give it to God, and God is guarding your heart and your mind. Now you got two guards, right? So that you can have peace. This is great news. God promises to take on our problems for us. And as I mentioned before, worrying is misplaced responsibility. We need to give the responsibility of our care to God. And then we can get rid of that worry and experience his peace. Okay, that's the second step. The third step and last step I want to give you is change your mind. Change your mind. Romans 12, 2 says this in the New Living Translation, right? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now, one of the customs of this world is to worry. I mean, it doesn't take you uh, long to find somebody who's worrying about everything and fretting and stressing about life. But that's not... For you, it's not for me. Worrying is a fallen practice. It's a sinful practice. It is not something that you'll see that God wants you to do anywhere in Scripture. So we don't need to do that. And says, so, so don't follow the customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person. How does God do that? By changing the way you think, changing your mind. 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. His will is pleasing. His will is perfect. And that's what we want to do. Meditation, what we think about, is the key to the state of mind that you have. If you're meditating, thinking, and focusing on problems and difficulties, you will have anxiety and stress, and you will worry. If you meditate on God and his word and his promises and his goodness, then you will have peace. That's the key, what we're allowing ourselves to think about. So I want to end with this, Philippians 4.8. What is your happy place? You got to find your happy place. What promises of God bring you peace, encouragement, confidence, build your faith? These are the things that you need to begin to train yourself to think about. So Philippians 4.8 says this, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, that's what we need to think about. We need to decide what kind of, uh, do we want to have peace or do we want to have worry? Well, then you get to choose by focusing on the things that will produce those kinds of states of mind. And the, the idea here is that this is very true. You can determine what you think about. And only your brain only listens to you. Only you have that authority to control your thoughts. I want to end this message with a prayer for all of us this morning, especially those of us who have been struggling with this area of worry. And I'm just going to pray again that God would set us free right now as we begin to cast those cares to him. There's a great verse I want to finish with out of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. I think this really summarizes this talk pretty well. And uh, Isaiah said, or God is saying, I think Isaiah is saying this in reflection of God. He says, God, you will keep him, him or her, you or me, in perfect peace, whose mind is what? Stayed on you, focused on you, thinking about you, because he or she trusts in you. When we put our eyes on God, when we are focusing our mind and our thoughts on God, we're showing God that we trust in him, and he gives us the gift of peace. Before I pray and close this message, I also want to make an invitation to each one who's listening right now that needs Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He is the Prince of Peace. And this all begins with a relationship with him. You can't have peace in this fallen world when you're bound by sin. But the good news is Jesus came to pay for your sin, to forgive you, to rescue you out of the kingdom of darkness and graft you into a kingdom of light where there's love, there's peace, there's hope, and you can live a different life and experience a different quality of life because of Jesus and what he has done for us. And I wanna invite you right now, if you're there and you're saying, you know what, I need Jesus, I'm ready to get right with God, I wanna lead you in a prayer and I'm asking you right now, pray this prayer with me if it's in your heart to get right with God for the forgiveness of your sins, and give your life over to the Prince of Peace. Okay, let's pray together. Just say this with me in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I recognize that I need you, that you came because you love me, to rescue me, to save me, to forgive me. So today, I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. 
and to rescue my, my life and to fill me with your spirit so that I can be like you and I can spend eternity with you forever. Lord, I pray this in your name. Thank you for saving me today. Amen. Amen. I just want to clap and rejoice because for those of you who just made that decision, the Bible tells us that all of heaven is rejoicing right now because you just came home into the family of God. So welcome to the family of God. And I want to do one more prayer, and this prayer is for all of us who've been struggling lately with controlling our thoughts. Maybe we've been feeling a lot of anxiety, been, been looking for some better sleep because we're struggling there. Uh, we've been filled with a lot of anguish. I just want to remind you that Jesus has redeemed us from anxiety and worry and stress. And so right now, we just want to, again, pray a prayer together that God's peace would come, that we would put our mind on him, get our eyes off of the issues, put our eyes on our hope, and receive that peace today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you today on behalf of all of us who are reaching out, Lord, for your perfect will to be established in our hearts and in our minds. We thank you, Lord, for this promise out of Isaiah 23, Uh, 26 verse 3, that Lord, as we turn our attention to you, as we trust in you, as we cast our cares to you, that because you care for us, Lord, you will bear those burdens, you will carry those weights, and Lord, you will fight our battles and give us peace. So Lord, we exchange right now our worry, our stress, we give these problems to you, We give the responsibility of these issues to you. We look to you. We look to your promises. And we receive your peace in Jesus' name. Just internally, just say, Lord, I receive your peace right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. I know Ryan is excited about the children's message in just a few minutes. Uh, Before I bless you, I just want to remind you, I really want to see everybody get connected to a life group. So there's the link. Just go on logf.org backslash life groups. Especially if you're a newcomer, sign up for the newcomer group. I'd love to meet you tonight at 6.30 on our newcomers life group, okay? Hey, I love you guys. I'm proud of this church. We're making a difference. Keep loving. Keep keep believing. Keep praying. Keep giving. It's worth it. You're doing a great job. I love you guys. Let me pray a blessing of the Lord upon you. And now, so let's lift up our hands and receive the blessing of the Lord, okay? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, shalom, right? And when worry comes knocking at your, at your thoughts this week, May you be reminded of this message. May you quickly notice. May you cast it back to God and may the peace of God return. May the shalom of God return to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.